Welcome to Happy House Families Podcast with your hosts, Morgan and Sandy. We are here to be an easy resource for families on the go and who aspire to create more joy within their families. Morgan is a special education teacher with a master's in education. Sandy is a consultant who also has her master's in education and has worked with families for over 20 years. Both of your hosts have a vast experience working with neurotypical and neurodiverse children. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to Happy House Families Podcast. And today our topic is filtering. Sometimes our child has a difficult time filtering what they need to say. Sometimes I do as well, Morgan. (laughs) That's true. It's not specific (laughs) to just children. It can be adults as well. We all have that friend where it's like, did you really need to say that out loud? And apparently they did. Yes. (laughs) Um, In my classroom, I have to deal with this on a regular basis. Sometimes it has to do with using the toilet. We don't need to know the specifics of what's happening. Uh, (laughs) um, And one thing that I always like to say is sometimes we have mean thoughts that go into our head and people have a hard time filtering what comes into their brain and what comes out of their mouths. And so I always say to my students... uh, Um, If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And also, as we've spoken on before, the golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated. How would you feel if someone said that about you? Exactly. You know, and sometimes children don't understand that what they're saying causes another person to have, like, feelings that could be of anger Mm -hmm. or feeling hurt or embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've had to talk about is, like having that pause button. If you were to say this, how do you think the other person might feel? And sometimes a thought comes into their head, and as soon as it comes into their head, they have to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And we need to do a little pause button and think about how is this going to be received on the other end? Is this other child or adult going, are they going to feel hurt? Are they going to feel embarrassed? And also, is this helpful? Is this information that you're going to say, is it helpful? Is it truthful? And is it, this is more of an adult thing, but um, is what you're going to say, is it going to open up the relationship or is it going to close the relationship? Mm -hmm. If what you're going to say is going to increase conversation, if it's going to increase closeness, if it's going to increase happy feelings, that's great. But if you're going to say something that's going to create um, hurt feelings, sadness, anger, then maybe we need to find a different way to say it. So I think for children who are older, that is something that we can bring up. Like, Mm -hmm. if you say this, is it going to cause more happiness or sadness or closeness or distance, depending on how old they are? Like with the teenagers that we work with, obviously we can start talking about, is this going to create more closeness versus, um, you know, separateness? Yeah, and even with the younger kids, you can just kind of keep it more like, is it helpful or is this hurtful? Exactly. Just one or the other. Exactly. And And is this truthful? That's true. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, they can they can understand that concept. Exactly. Um, and a good way to kind of model these behaviors is to role play and to practice. And so I do this all the time I, uh, where I will 
have my students come up and I will be the one doing the bad behavior. Miss Morgan, you're doing the bad behavior. So silly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, and so they get to see how it affects another person and then I go around and ask everyone how it makes them feel when you say things that just kind of come to you right away without actually stop and thinking. Exactly, and I love that because they're able to be an audience to something that does happen in reality and they're able to have that time to process. Mm -hmm. And some children do need to be an audience member so they can process before they actually go into action. So role playing is perfect for that. Um, And I know some kids are too shy to participate in role playing, so getting dolls is always a good thing Mm -hmm. as well. And if there's any uh, TV like shows that they're watching where things like this happen, you can use that as well. Or if any books that you're reading, if any of these situations come up, you can always stop and have a conversation about it. Yes, and even if it's happening maybe to their brother or sister, then you can talk about it kind of as a third party. Oh, how do you think they felt about this? Exactly. And sometimes it's good, I think a lot of the times it's good to kind of replay the past experience. You know, our, sometimes we're not going to be there in the moment to help mold and shape that behavior, but then you can talk about it after the fact. Exactly. And come up with new solutions. Mm-hmm. You can talk about, okay, this happened and this was your response and do you like how it ended? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't like how it ended, what's another choice that you can have? Yes. And um, also doing art is also a great way to do this as well. You know, draw like three different pictures of what can happen. Because sometimes for some of the kids I work with, like to have this direct conversation is, I'm putting this in air quotes, like threatening for them. It's too hard for them to own it and claim it. Mm -hmm. But if we were to say, okay, we're going to come up with three different solutions of how you could have done it differently. Let's draw pictures. Then that gives them more freedom also just to express Um, how they're feeling so Mm -hmm. I think art is a really great way to do that as well yeah I know I love that and it's and different kids connect in different ways so some love talking it out some may rather do art some may want to do like a little recording video it's whatever they want and, and you know your child that would be best for them. There's no one right way to do exactly. That's true. And I actually worked with one um, boy about a year ago, and he didn't want to talk about any of this in his house. Like he just did not want to talk about it in his house. So we would walk two blocks away to a basketball court. Yes, that's right. I played basketball. Um, so that's why I have a basketball hoop in my backyard <laughs> uh, with the flat basketball. But that's a whole other story. I have to get a pump for that. Um, but we would walk to the basketball court and he would tell me what would happen at school because he didn't want to talk about it at home. Mm-hmm. And we would come up with different solutions. as And that was also really good because we talked about it as we were shooting hoops. So he felt much freer and he was happy in that environment and mm-hmm. he didn't feel like he was sitting down having to talk about this serious thing with Sandy. Yeah, like, it's less threatening. It's less threatening. It was like, oh, I'm playing basketball with Sandy and we're talking about this and that's it. And then when we would walk back to his house, the conversation totally switched to like what he was going to do for the rest of the day. So it was good for him just to, and I think he just needed his own space yeah. and that's why we did it outside of his house. Um, so like you said earlier, like what fit your child so you have to tailor fit it to what their needs are it's not a one-size-fits-all and maybe sometimes there might be a different parent the kid can talk to about this that's a little bit more easy it's easier for them um and so you also have to take into the relationship 
too. Exactly. And I worked with um, a little girl who felt much closer to her to her aunt. Oh, okay. So she would wait for every Friday night to see her aunt, and then she would tell her aunt. And her mom and dad did have like some sad and hurt feelings that she wasn't able to express it to them. But I did point out that it was great that she did have a safe person for her to express it to that is still within the family, and obviously the aunt shared it with the parents. Um, so try to also just allow your child to have the freedom to pick who they feel safe with mm-hmm. for them to share this information. Yeah. No, that's really good. And um, another thing that we always kind of talk about is praise your child when you see them doing something good. And so when you see them being nice and when you see them giving another kid a compliment, really just point that out and say, oh, wow, that's so nice of you. Or if they give you a compliment, oh, wow, that makes me feel so good when you say things like that. Just kind of be very explicit with what you're saying so that they understand, oh, saying nice things brings out nice feelings. Exactly. And it makes mom feel happy Mm -hmm. or it makes my friend Joey feel closer to me, whatever it is. And I think it's good for some of the kids that we work with to actually point out exactly why it's good. Because sometimes they have an idea of why it's good. Like they'll say, because I use nice words. Because I've asked children that before. Like, so why do you think that was good? Oh, because the words were nice. It's like, yes, the words are very nice. But how do you think the other person felt? And then you can like really dive in deep to that, like, you know, the other person felt like you really love them, that you feel close to them, that you really saw them. Okay, so what I was saying was that, um, that we don't just say that you use nice words, because when I've asked kids, they say, oh, it's because I use nice words. Like, yes, you use nice words. And also, how did the other person feel? So you can talk about, like, what emotions the other person is feeling because of the words that you use, right? Yes, Yes. so it's more of the why and not just kind of the surface level so they really understand what's happening. Exactly, like somebody feels closer to you now, they feel that you see them, they feel like they have a joint experience with you, Mm -hmm. so all of those things are really important to have. Yeah, it's the beginning of teaching empathy, so I think that's that's a great skill to have. It is, Morgan. All right, well, I think... And also another thing that we wanted to add that it's also important to give your child a safe place to express their feelings. Uh-huh. So if they do have some negative feelings, make sure that there is a place for them to have it. So if they do have negative feelings That's towards somebody that instead of going towards that person with anger, that they can come to you or somebody in the family or a friend where they can express these feelings so it doesn't go um, trickling out in a different way that mm-hmm. could potentially be harmful uh, or damaging. And sometimes we just need a safe person to get our thoughts out, our frustrations out, so that we don't actually cause more damage. I know that, for example, I talk to you about things. Yeah, no, I mean, it's good. You have a safe person. and Exactly, yes. 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 So it's make same. sure that... So we're not saying that don't allow your child never to say anything negative because that's not realistic. We're just talking about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, and also making sure that you do give your child a safe place where they can express their negative feelings after having frustrations because we all need somebody where we can say these things to. Um, one of the things that I tell the kids I work with all the time is all your thoughts and feelings are valid yeah. no matter what they are. It's all valid and it's all okay. Everything is okay. What does matter is your behavior. So that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that you're not hurting others because you're not feeling great. 
at that moment. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we have these passing feelings where we're feeling angry or sad or we're cranky. And then we say these things and all of a sudden we're creating like damage that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. No, I had this one time we had a talk at, at school with a professor from UCLA and she said, don't let your first thought be your last thought. And I kind of think about that a lot because sometimes you can't really control how you first feel about something. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you're angry, right? Yes. But just don't let your first thought be your last thought. So it's okay to kind of talk yourself and talk your child through the steps and process in order to turn a negative into a positive. Excellent. Thank you so much, everyone. Yes, thank you. And we'll be back next week. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. To contact Sandy and Morgan, check out happyhousefamilies.com or email at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page to join the community. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us. It helps the show be discovered more easily and help more people. 